Today's reading is taken from Acts chapter 4, verses 23 to 31. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David, saying, Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Well, good morning and thank you for being here this morning. We're continuing, as Jess has um, and was mentioned a bit earlier on, this theme of prayer. That's our theme really for the whole of this term. And this term we're having this focus on prayer. Yesterday, as Jess mentioned, we had our prayer morning where we gathered about 30 of us for a couple of hours just to pray into everything that's happening in the term. And we've got our monthly prayer, our dynamic prayer every week. We've also got these wonderful Matthew 18 prayer groups, which are new for this term, where members of the staff and the PCC are meeting throughout the week to pray, and you're invited to join them. And I guess um, for some of us, particularly those who are hosting these prayer groups, they love prayer. You know, Julia, who does our monthly prayer, loves prayer. Guy, who does our dynamic prayer every week, loves prayer, which is why they're passionate about hosting prayer groups. Uh, for some of us, it's a bit more difficult and challenging, and we need a bit more motivation to pray. We know it's something we should do, but we need a bit of inspiration. But I think for all of us, prayer is something we find a little bit mysterious and other and difficult sometimes to get our head around. Before we continue, shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your word, and as we think about this theme of prayer, we pray that you would inspire us and speak to us and encourage us by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So the next three weeks, we're focusing on prayer. And next week, Dan's going to speak to us about the purpose of prayer. And in the week after, Jess is going to speak to us about prayer as a lifestyle. But I wanted to kick off this morning just a few thoughts about the power of prayer. The power of prayer. Charles Spurgeon, the great Baptist preacher, said this, I would rather teach one man to pray than ten men to preach. And Oswald Chambers said this, Prayer does not prepare us for the greater work. Prayer is 
the greater work. Prayer does not prepare us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. So I guess the question, or the thing for us to reflect on, is how do we pray prayers of power that actually change situations? That we don't just go through the motions, but how do we pray prayers of power that actually change situations? And this morning I just want to offer you just a, a three, three sort of thoughts, really, on how we can pray prayers of power. They all start with the letter R. Hopefully that's easy for you to remember. And the first R is relationship. Prayer is all about a dynamic relationship. When I think of prayers I've prayed for people over the years, one of the things that comes back to was a particular incident that happened, which I think I've shared with you before, where I prayed for this lady in the coffee shop. And um, she had a, a cough, and it was very public, and everyone could see what was going on. And I, and I made a point of going over and speaking to her and explaining who I was and saying, could you, it's okay if I could just pray for you, because I can see you've got this persistent cough that seems to be getting worse. Sometimes when I pray, God heals. Could I pray for you? And everyone was looking in. And I stepped out in faith, and I prayed for her. And I went back to my seat, and um, instead of being healed, her cough actually got worse. And she started to cough more and more. So it was so bad, I think she was embarrassed. And she left the coffee shop and walked down the road. And everyone was looking at me, because they could all see what was going on. And they were seeing, what did you do to her? And I came out of there thinking a bit deflated and a bit disappointed, and my faith had been knocked. I was thinking, Lord, what was going on there? I mean, obviously, I don't know whether God went to heal her from a cough later on down the road, but I, I felt a bit deflated. And I think God spoke to me a few, about a few things through that incident. I think something he spoke to me about was humility. You know, it's just not all about me. It's about relying on God. I think he humbled me. But I think one of the things he spoke to me about was that prayer isn't a formula. It's not like two plus two equals four, that we do this and then God will do this. Prayer is about a dynamic relationship between you and God. It comes from our relationship with God. I'm reading a, a great book at the moment by a guy called John Mark Comer called God Has a Name. It's really blowing me away. I've been reading it over the summer. And uh, I got our operations director to start reading it, and I think it's blown her away. And I've bought a couple of copies for my family. And um, it, there's one bold statement in this book, which John Mark says. He says, when you pray, you get to change God's mind. When you pray, you get to change God's mind. I wonder how that might change the way you pray, or how passionate you are about prayer. Yesterday, when we met in that beautiful, glorious weather, here, in the, we could have been down a beach or doing something much more fun, we met here to pray for our church because we believed that we were changing history. Prayer is the power to change God's mind. The theologian Karl Barth calls this the holy mutability of God. It's a nice theological term for you. And what that means is that our God is relational. And because he's gracious and compassionate, because he loves you, he allows himself to be moved and influenced and inspired by you. It's like my children, I invite them, I say, what do you want to do today? What do you want to eat? Where do you want to go on holiday? Not because they have the wisdom and then, you know, if they said they want to go to Disneyland, the answer would be no, because <laughs> it's impractical, and God sometimes says no to us. But I invite them because I love them and I care them, and I want them to share in the journey, in the adventure. God invites us to change his mind, because he wants us to be part of directing the course of history.
It's not to say that God isn't sovereign, but when you read about the life of Moses and the Psalms of David and the prayers of Jesus and the writings of Paul, you see a God who longs to be in a relationship with you and to hear what you think of you to pray for his kingdom to come. That's why Jesus came. How might that change the way that you pray? If you get your head around that. Dallas Willard, the philosopher, wrote this. God's response to our prayers is not a charade. He does not pretend that he is answering our prayer when he's only going to do what he was going to do anyway. Our requests really do make a difference in what God does and what God does not do. The idea that everything would happen exactly as it does regardless of whether we pray or not is wrong. It makes prayer psychologically impossible. It replaces it as a dead ritual. As the Apostle James put it, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You may know the lovely story of Moses on Mount Sinai when he was communing with God and receiving the commandments. And down below, the people were going crazy, weren't they? And they were mounting down all their jewelry and making up idols and worshipping idols. And God turns to Moses and he says, you know what? I've had enough of this. I'm going to wipe them out. I'm going to just destroy the people. They're, they're They're so evil. They're so wicked. And then Moses pleads to God. And God says, okay, I will relent. I'll change my mind. And the Hebrew word that is used there is that God repents. And repentance is about you're going in one direction and you choose to go in the other direction. God wasn't testing Moses. He repents. He was going, this is what I was going to do, but because of you, because you remind me of my character, I repent and I will turn. Prayer is the power to change history. In prayer, you're invited into this dynamic relationship with the creator of the world. That's what we call our Tuesday morning prayers, dynamic prayer. It's not about us just bringing a shopping list to God. It's about us having a relationship back and forth, trying to work out God's will and praying into his will. That's the first thing, relationship. Prayer is a relationship. And then the second R is read. Read God's word. Read God's word. So in our passage that Colin read to us this morning, verse 25, it says this. It says, You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up. The rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one, who is Jesus. The early church go on to retell some of the events surrounding Jesus' death and resurrection in their prayer. I don't think it's because God has a bad memory and he needs reminding of what he said or what he did. The believers are reminding themselves of God's heart and of God's will. They're reorientating themselves to what God's got in his heart. The main place we ascertain on what's on God's heart, what's his will, is that we spend time with him by reading his word, reading the Bible. They were able to say, we know your character, we know your faithfulness. We know what the kingdom of God looks like. We know what the Old Testament prophets foretold. We know the sort of things Jesus did because they're in your word. If you want to see the power of prayer, it begins by knowing the things that moves people's heart so we can pray according to his will. And we only know that if we read his word. It's the most important thing any of us can do each day is to spend time in God's word. I don't know if you like watching MasterChef. I love MasterChef. And you see these amazing chefs, they get all these different ingredients, they put them together, and they make this food. And then when they present them to the judges, the judges don't just just eat the food, just move on to the next one. They take time savoring the textures and the flavors, sort of just really relishing them. 
And that's how we should approach God's word. You know, I, I love my Bible in one year, but the danger of that is you try and read the Bible in one year. And actually, you know, we need to savor and meditate and reflect on God's word. You know, the textures, the flavors, the different thoughts and words. Spend time asking God to speak to you through his word. And how are you doing with that? How are you doing reading God's word at the beginning of this term? How are you making time for that? Can I encourage you to find a devotional that suits you? Spend some time each day. Just meditate on just a few verses, saving them, asking God to speak to you through them. If you want to see the power of prayer, firstly, it's a relationship. Secondly, we need to read God's word, so we pray according to his will. And then lastly, raise your faith. Relationship, read, and then raise. Raise your faith. They prayed this. Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal, to perform signs and wonders for the name of your holy servant, Jesus. So Peter and John, they're released from the temple by the guards. They return to the believers and they pray. And we see throughout the Bible people praying all the time. This is one of the wonderful occasions we actually get to see what they prayed, what their words were. And it wasn't a prayer of protection. It wasn't a word of thanksgiving, really. They were being threatened. But their prayer was that they would speak the words of God boldly about this person called Jesus. They'd be able to speak the good news of Jesus. And the phrase they use is, God, stretch out your hand. Throughout Scripture, particularly the Old Testament, wherever you hear God stretches out his hand, it's a symbol of God's power. When God performed miracles through Moses, he said to Moses, stretch out your hand. It's a sign of my power. Stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt so there'll be blood. Stretch out your hand over the stream so frogs will come up. Stretch out your rod and strike the dust so gnats will come up. In the Psalms it says, with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, his love endures forever. Isaiah says, the Lord has stretched out his hand over the sea and made its kingdoms tremble. Exodus, he says to Moses, stretch out your hand towards heaven and there shall be hail. When the early church prayed this to stretch out God's hand, it was to heal, it was to perform signs and wonders and they were praying that the power of God would come down and that God would bring revival. I don't know about you, but that's the sort of prayer meetings I want to go to. where we pray that God would stretch out his hand and we would see the power of God. Where we stretch out God's hand to come in power, that he fills with the Spirit. And then actually there's something about us being filled, that we go out to change lives. So what I'll finish with this. In his letter to the Romans, Paul says this. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me. In leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done. By the powers of signs and miracles and through the power of the Spirit. Part of Paul's letters to the Romans. And what Paul is saying here is, is so interesting. Because it's not Paul that longs to perform signs and wonders for the name of Jesus. What he's saying is it's Jesus who desires to perform signs and wonders through Paul. Paul is the channel that God longs to use to show his power. Moses was the channel that God used to display his power to all of Egypt. Peter and John are the first believers all together, this first church. They were the channel that God used to grow the church. That's their prayer. 
Show your power. Let us be the channel for you to use. God is looking for people who are willing to raise their faith and dare to ask God, make us a channel for you to display your power so you can reach our community. Are you willing to pray that prayer this morning? Are you willing to pray that prayer? If you want to see the power of God, remember, it's a relationship. It can move the hand of God. And then secondly, read God's word. Spend time in God's word. Know the things that moves God's heart. And then finally, raise your faith. Raise your faith that when you pray, you're not just going through the motions, but actually God invites you to join with him, changing the course of the world. Because your prayers make a difference. Amen. We'd like to stand. So what are we going to share communion? The band's going to lead us in worship and then we'll come and have a time of just sharing communion together.
chain, break every 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 chain. Let's just take time to, to pause and just to just be still. Just to receive whatever God has for us this morning. We invite you to be here, Lord, by your spirit. What we've heard, what the thoughts we've had in our mind before we came during the service, we just offer them to you now. And we come before you as a God who invites us, welcomes us to be part of an adventure with you. We were thinking earlier on about us becoming a channel for God to use for his power. And, but he doesn't force us. It's an invitation which we have to accept. So this morning, Lord, we welcome you by your spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and fill us with your peace. Come and make us channels, Lord, for you to use to bring healing to a broken world. Or maybe for you, God is just speaking to you this morning about being that channel, being the person who steps out and encourages, prays. And it's not about success. It's not a formula. We don't know why some prayers get answered and some prayers don't. And, but we know that when we step out for God and we pray, he does answer prayers people do get healed and set free and maybe that's you that needs to be set free or maybe God is calling you to be a channel for him to set someone else free that's the invitation and we just say yes Lord I'm here for you use me for your power